Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This edition of the Patriots Board is brought to you by Bet Online. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Today on the Patriot Sport, my co-host Chris Hogan gives you his thoughts on the decision to name Gerard Mayo the new head coach. We also talk about what kind of coach Mayo might be, as well as his vision for the future of the franchise. We also talk about what's next for Bill Belichick if he ends up in Dallas and much more. That's all up right now, only on the Patriots Report. Chris, a lot has happened since we've last talked. Let's start here. Give me your initial feelings on Gerard Mayo, head coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm excited. I, I am. I, I I love the fact that um, it's an in-house guy. Guy knows he know he's been in the building. I mean, he was a Patriot for life. He's been head, he's been coaching with the Patriots his entire career now. Um, he knows that you know he knows. He knows Robert. Uh, he knows the facility. He knows how things are done there. I think my biggest, you know, when we talk about bringing in a new head coach or even a new head coach going into a different place, you got to do it your own way. I think we've seen it fail time and time again that it's just everyone tries to recreate what Bill has done in New England, and it didn't work for Matty P in, in Detroit. It didn't work for Josh in Denver. It didn't work for Josh in Oakland. It just, it's not something that you can recreate. I think, I think Gerard, listen, it's a fresh start, right? I mean, I think we're going to bring in a GM to help him with the draft. And obviously he's got all of his scouts and stuff, but do it your way, man. I mean, however you want to coach this team, or obviously there's a, there's a culture there already that's been established, but I think you really have to make it this is your team, right? We're not, this is not how Bill did things. This is not how, this is how me, Gerard, is going gonna, is gonna to run this team. Um, and I think, listen, the guy's a, a hell of a leader. He was a hell of a football player. And I think that a lot of guys are going to respond to him. Uh, the one thing that, I, that I'm nervous about is he's a de- defensive guy, right? And we, we don't need any help on defense right now. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, where we're at, in the draft right now, I think he needs to be so heavily focused on the offense. So, uh, again, you know, I, we haven't, I don't pretty sure we haven't hired anyone as a GM. I know where things are moving quickly in New England, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, you know, I hope that they just, they give him, uh, not that he needs help, but I think it, they need guidance. They need, you know, let's do our due diligence on the draft picks and, and the free agents that are coming up and, you know, how where's the wiggle room that we get away with in the cap? You know, all these things that he probably hasn't really had to deal with now being a head coach. And yeah, we'll see, man. I, th- I think uh, I think New England should be excited about him and the future. And I'm I'm excited for him. I mean, Gerard was a hell of a football player. I wish I had a chance to play with him. I've obviously had a chance to beat him, but um, 
you know, it's it's it'll be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be an interesting uh, off season, that's for sure. It already is, and we're only like what two days into it. <laughs> I I, I want to ask you from a player's perspective: Does it matter if there is a GM? Because I know in years past here, the idea is that well, if I'm a player. I don't like my playing time. I'm just going to run upstairs and talk to the GM. Maybe the GM puts a little pressure on the head coach and things change. They have not, you alluded to this, they have not named a GM yet. And a lot of reports say they're not going to go with one specific guy to be the GM of this team. Does that concern you? What are some of your thoughts about that? And again, from a player's perspective, does that even matter? No, I, I don't. I don't think it matters. To be honest with you, I think that Gerard is going to create an environment where I mean, listen, he played. He's gonna. There's gonna be that some level of hey, I I know, I know the business. I know. I know players. I know coaches. I know how this thing is gonna go. So, um, I think that players are gonna feel comfortable enough, kind of speaking to him about some of these different things, right? Like playing, you know, whatever playing time. I mean, listen, if you're if you have, if you believe that you should be doing something else, the head coach is the one that you got to go to, and you got to have the balls to go up and and have that conversation with your head coach. GM is just, you know, he's I, I feel like there needs to be someone there that's like the underneath the GM general manager role, mm-hmm. only because I think that there's this there's got to be a huge focus on trying to build this team. What we have in the locker room is not it. Right. I think everyone knows that. So there's got to be a huge focus. And I think maybe bringing someone in that's got a little bit of a fresh perspective on uh, how to build a team or has had success building a team through the draft and through free agency. And I think that's just that's important to where we're at right now. I, I don't I can't sit here and expect Gerard just to go in there you know, with no no help. Right. Other than obviously we have uh, fantastic scouts and the scouting department is great. And, but at the end of the day, who's making the decision, right? Mm-hmm. Don't put that on your, your rookie head coach right away. Like give them, give them a little bit of help and, and let's put some of the accountability into a, a role like a general manager and let them both kind of make that decision together. And as, as you know, as an organization, let's make these decisions together and that let's, Bill always took the accountability himself, right? Like that draft pick, like this is Bill, like that he that he had the final say on all this stuff. So I think let's try to spread the accountability around here a little bit, so that you know, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen next season, but you know, let let's say that let's say worst case scenario, right? And we go out and we don't make the playoffs again. And now it's like, well, Gerard can't draft. Gerard can't coach. Well, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, let's not do that. We don't need to do that. Guys, guys earn the right, obviously, to coach in this league. So let's put a little bit more accountability into some some of the other people within the organization. So, Bob, you know, Mr. Kraft, step up. Bring in a GM, right? Take a little bit of pressure off your head coach that you just hired. As, as a player. And look, obviously, I would imagine that Bill is the exception to the rule. But does it matter to you being coached by a former player? Is that a a draw? Are you maybe more inclined to sign there as a free agent? Are you more inclined to understand what the coach is going through or what the players are going through? Tell me about that relationship. I don't think you ever played for a former player as a head coach, but maybe a position player 
what what is it that they have in their relationship that maybe they don't have with someone who didn't play the game? I think I, I mean I, I I look at New England as listen. I mean I think it really depends on what we do in the draft and, and a little bit of free agency. Like, do we bring in a quarterback right away, or are we going to draft a, a rookie quarterback? You know, with our first pick. But New England just became a, a more exciting place for I think free agents and 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 guys to go to. Listen, you know, like there's there was so much about Bill and how hard it is to play there, and, and you know he's just hasn't really nothing has changed. You know, it's it's still a tough place to play. He he expects a lot, and it just became a tough place to go to when you're not going to the playoffs every single year. I mean, there wasn't that that guy, right? Tom wasn't there anymore. No one wanted Tom was was an attraction for free agents and for for guys that want to go there and play ball. So I think um I'm, I Gerard has a tremendous amount of respect right from from players. Mm-hmm. Um and I think guys are going to come in, they're going to talk to him. He's going to have a lot of energy. There's going to be they're going to notice that leadership right away, how he's going to do things. And I think that it's definitely a more exciting place to want to go to, right? I mean, Gerard uh, and listen, we we don't know how this is going to go either. But Gerard can totally just be like, "Nah, I listen. I was a player, but I'm a coach now, and this is how I'm doing things. And I'm not a player friendly coach. I don't see that happening, right? I think he's going to he's going to listen to his guys. He's going to listen to his captains. I feel like he's going to have a more player friendly, um, you know, schedule when when it when it's coming to you know making sure everyone's getting rest. He's not going to try to kill guys. I think he sees the value and you know. He also is the old school, you know, he went through two a days. He went through all that stuff. But I think he sees the value in having a healthy team, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he sees what it what it did to this team this year and what it does to every team across the league, essentially every year. Guys are just getting hurt and banged up. So I think there'll there'll be there'll be a lot of that. I think guys are gonna enjoy playing for him. I certainly, I mean, I love playing with if any of my position coaches have ever played the game or played the position. You just have it's more relatable, you know. This guy did, it. and he did it at a very, very high level for a long time. And I think there's just you all you ultimately have that respect right off the bat. And then I think it's just about you know trying to figure out. He's obviously going to be figuring it out himself. And then I think the for Gerada, it's always communication. I think is going to be key. Having veteran guys in there that he can communicate with, that he can kind of get his his message and how things are going to be done and having those guys to be able to go implement that throughout the locker room and making sure that listen this is this is Gerard's team this is Bill's gone it's it's fascinating to think about him as a head coach because usually when guys come into these situations there is there there's some sort of template. We we have some sort of idea as to what kind of a coach this guy is going to be. Is he going to be aggressive? Is he yeah. going to be demonstrative? Is he going to whatever the case may be? But we really don't know much about Mayo in his you know in in that we area. Know nothing. Just, yeah, exactly. I mean, do do you think as as a guy who's watched him and you know maybe talked to him a little bit, what kind of coach do you think he's going to be? Do you think he's going to be a hard ass? Do you think he's going to be aggressive? Do you think he's going to be demonstrative on the sidelines? What kind of coach are we looking at here in New England? I think that we we have a tremendous leader. Um, I think we have a guy that's going to be able to stand in front of 
60, 70 guys in a locker room and com- demand their attention and commit and have it like right off the bat. Um, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he was an aggressive football player. I think we're looking at an aggressive defensive coach that's going to want to, you know, create a lot of chaos, right, on that side of the ball. I think it's just I, – I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Are we – is he going to come – are we keeping everybody on the offensive side of the coaching staff? Like, are we – is he bringing in his own coaching staff? Like, he's got to be able to – have that option of doing that sort of things. This is his team. That's what I mean by this is not Bill's team anymore. He's got to be able to come in and do it his way. And if he feels like we need a new offensive coordinator or we need a new position coach over here, like he needs to be able to do that kind of stuff to make it his team or else there's going to be that, there's going to be too much miscommunication going on throughout the season if he really doesn't want someone there. So I think offensively, I really, he's got to, he's going to be able to, he's got to rely on that coach to kind of get him there. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think he's going to be an aggressive coach, man. I think he's, he's got a, a lot of energy. You see him on the sideline and I think he's going to be a type of guy that is going to have a lot of high expectations, just like Bill did um, just because he was brought up in that world. Right. He, he played in that world. He lived that world and he was successful in that world. So like, why change that? Right. I don't think he's just going to lower expectations because he's Bill's gone and the head coach like, no, like we're the new England Patriots. Let's get back to that. Like going through last season for him must've been brutal. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause he, that's, you know, that's his legacy is, is playing for new England. And it must've, that must've been tough, man. Losing all those games like in Foxborough like that. And I know that he doesn't want to feel that way anymore. And I'm sure that's going to be a pretty big message to his guys next year. Walk with me through this comparison here. You talk about the offensive side of the ball and what lies ahead for, you know, the offense on this team in terms of, are they bringing guys back? I don't think you can question Mayo's defensive credentials. I think he's a guy who brings a lot to the table. I think the defense is going to continue to play at a very high level. I think he's going to need a veteran offensive coordinator. Basically, the the offensive version of Vic Fangio. Someone who comes into New England, has very little to no head coaching aspirations, but is interested in helping mentor Gerard Mayo to kind of get him up to speed a little bit to handle that side of the off to handle that side of the ball to kind of control the offense with the understanding that, look you're not going to be a head coach but you're going to help serve as a mentor for this guy what do you think uh, about that first of all about that idea is there anyone who comes to mind instantaneously who you can point to and say you know what Mayo needs to look at this guy as a possible offensive coordinator um I mean, it's no a lot. Mind, but like, <laughs> but to your point, though, that's that that's what I'm talking about. This is mm-hmm. your team. I don't you don't need someone like that's why that's what I said. Like, is the offensive side of the ball? Like, is, are these the guys that you want? Because you have to be able to run this team the way you want to run this team. You don't need someone just saying, hey, you're a rookie head coach. You've never done this before. So you need to listen to me or you. I'm going to do it my way because you don't know the offensive side. Like, no, F that. Like, you're doing – this is your team. 
And you need a guy, you need guys, you need the entire other side of the ball, coaching staff included, that are going to respect the way that you want things done and are going to do it very, very well. So I don't know. Is Bill O'Brien that guy? Like, I don't know. I don't know if he is. I mean, I certainly think he's a good offensive coordinator, but does he flick with drop? You know, so uh, he's been around. I mean, Josh, Josh is out there. I mean, he's been that's there, the, right? Well, well, well that's know, ultimately man. my like, question. Okay, well, like, how about this? That, that's there. my question. Do, do you think Josh is able to now put any sort of head coaching aspirations in his back pocket and say, okay, I'll come back as the offensive coordinator. I'll help you get to where you want to be. I'll help this team get to where it needs to be. And then maybe I move on from there. Is, is Josh yeah, the guy? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, he can be. I, he certainly can be. I mean, listen, he he did it with Bill for a very long time. The head coaching is hard, right? And he's shown it time and time again that he's a very good offensive coordinator when he is just dedicating himself to that and not trying to and not trying to manage an entire football team. So, like, is Josh the guy? I, sure, maybe. But again, that it all goes back to Gerard now. Mm-hmm. And Gerard needs to bring a coach, a, a, an offensive coordinator, and coaching staff that he that he trusts, that that believe in him. Right there, there can't be any of this like dissension among the ranks right now because you know you have a young team that you need to bring in some veteran guys that you need some veteran leadership, and there's a lot there's a lot of holes to fill. And I think right now it's just it's going to be able to having a a strong coaching staff, right, that all trust each other and they believe in Gerard and and the team and and the direction that they want to take everything. I think that's very important right now because I've been on teams where and not saying it's a rookie head coach, but, you know, coaches talk, man. and, And it's just like, ah, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. We're running this. We don't do enough of this. And it's like, dude, like. You guys like you clearly don't believe in this guy, like and and what he's doing. Like you don't need any of that because guess what happens? That's just a that's a snowball effect, right? And now now it starts with the coaching staff, and then it goes to the players, and then it goes to the younger guys, and now all of a sudden everyone's just like f this, like no one believes in anybody. Like let's just figure out the rest of the season, and then let's go our separate ways. So like you know you don't need any of that. You need a strong. You need a lot of positive, like positivity and trust. I think is going to be the biggest thing and belief in in, in Gerard as a head coach. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we what we do on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> I, I'm, I am very curious, as I'm sure you are, and the rest of New England is. All right, I want to change gears here a little bit. And first of all, I want to tell you that one of the strangest things in the world is typing out the phrase former Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. Oh. Because I, I never thought that that I would type that out. I just it's been something that I've been doing for 20 plus years. And it's just it's the finality of it all from last week is what struck me. But I want to kind of spin it forward a little bit if we can. The Cowboys suffered a horrible playoff loss. Over the weekend. And all we're hearing now is Bill Belichick to Dallas. What do you think is next for Bill Belichick? Uh, I think he goes somewhere warmer. (laughs) (laughs) So 
like you know it's like tom right it's like oh let me go somewhere warmer extend my career a few more years it's gonna be easier <laughs> look look atlanta is also phones. very atlanta is also very warm warm san diego or la you know very warm you know so I, dude i don't know it's so weird to even like consider him into a different um like in a different position like that i mean i I, I was making a joke about it this weekend. It's like, uh, you know, it's just, it's funny to think about Bill Belichick. Like, hey, not, you're like, okay, he's going to walk in for an interview. <laughs> what? What? What do you ask the guy? <laughs> right? Like, how does that, how does that interview process go? <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like he's going to sit down for the interview. And it's going to turn into him interviewing, interviewing the owner. Right. Like, this is how I'm going to do things here. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like, what does he do? Walk into the meeting with all of his rings on his finger and be like, hey, do you want me here? Like, how does that go? You know, it's it's, diff- it's so different. We see all these head coaching jobs come open and it's these younger, you know, younger guys, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. And yeah, that's a legit interview process to go through and be like, hey, like, what's what's your vision for this team and how are you going to do things? Be like this Bill Belichick, bro. Like everyone knows how he's going to come in and do things. Nothing's going to be any different. <laughs> so it's just, it's funny to me to think about him on head coaching me like interviews, but um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so it's weird to think about him coaching someone else. I, I tell you, man, this, this off season though, between Belichick, Harbaugh and Vrabel, so this is this is a good time to be a coach on the market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, someone might try to pull Nick Saban out of retirement too and get him. <laughs> Between them and then Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there that like are well got a a, a really good resume to to go mm-hmm. to somewhere else and and start coaching. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I would imagine all of those guys are going to be going on all of the same interviews and highly sought after because Ray, the Rabel one surprised me. I mean, not as much as Bill, but um, I mean, I thought he had done such a good job in Tennessee, and obviously, you know, Pete Carroll one. Uh, again, it's a, a, you guys. We, we you guys, the owners get into this world of okay, let's we need you know fresh new blood we need to do this and it's like the grass is not always greener on the other side man like it is hard to win in this league and like you want to become one of these teams that now is just cycling through head coaches because you're not able to find one that's successful like great i mean if that's what you want to do because we see it time and time again like it is not easy to win this league as a new head coach and it kind of seems like that's where a lot of these owners are okay doing it but leaving a lot of money on the, on the table. Yeah. yeah. These guys a lot of money, you know, and these guys, they're all under contract. And like, listen, most of them just like, okay, whatever, moving on. You still owe me this. And I'm just going to go now get a new head coaching job somewhere else. So, which is hard too for them. I mean, it's hard. You know, these guys all have families and it's, it's tough to be in a coach in this league. But so, you know, I, I got to imagine that, you know, Ray Bull, Bill, you know, Pete Carroll, Harbaugh, all those guys are going to be, those are going to be kind of the most sought after in, in these positions and that, you know, we'll see what happens anyway. I mean, it, it sounds like, um, you know, what's this, you know, Antonio Pierce might be 
the guy in uh, out in LA. So yeah. or about or Vegas, Vegas sorry. Yeah. yeah. So they obviously believe in in a player coach perspective there as well. So we'll see. See what happens. This we've we're only like thirty six hours into the offseason. Yeah, and, and it's, it's gonna keep getting nuts. Get, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. So, um, we haven't talked since the regular season finale, which locked them into the number three seed. I know we've talked about draft direction, but you could very well end up with a chance at one of the top QBs or Marvin Harrison Jr. Have you changed at all? I know early on you were talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. as a fellow wide receiver, as a guy who was a game changer, someone who could really, you know, get you back in the postseason within a year or two if you have a guy like that. Where, where do you stand right now? In terms of look, if they had their pick, you know, there's there's quarterbacks, there's a couple of great offensive tackles out there, uh, yeah. and Marvin Harrison Jr. Where where are you going at number three? I'm still going skill player. I, I mean, I am. I, I just think uh, <clears throat> quarterbacks need to, like time to be developed. Right? We can't always we can't expect people to come in and just be successful. So I still think that there's the ability to try to bring in a, in a veteran free agent that's played that's shows that he can play, right? Um, and we can go out and we can get, we can build an offensive line through free agency. And listen, there's going to be guys that are going to be available in the draft as well. But those skill, those skill position guys, I mean, those got those game-changing guys in the draft, man, those are, they don't come around very often. And you'll be able to keep him there for the next three to four years, right? And if he turns out to be that guy, like, dude, then you've got yourself a number one wide receiver that you can try to build a team around. And then have, like, help a rookie quarterback if we go with a rookie quarterback or help a veteran guy. I mean, I just – I think there's such a need for for a, a big-time receiver in that offense. Um, and then we kind of just kind of, you know, start messing with the puzzle a little bit more and seeing what works. But um, I haven't really changed. I, I, I just – I think it's just so hard for these for to draft a quarterback in the NFL now. I mean, these kids don't they only see certain amount of defenses. You know, you're not really sure how they're gonna handle playing, you know, in an NFL system and how fast the game is. It's so different. And you just have no way of knowing, obviously, and you have to take those chances in drafting these guys. But um yeah, I'm still sitting pretty heavy at skill player. He he is for me. If you're not talking about a quarterback or an offensive lineman, Marvin Harrison Jr. You're just the skill position guys. He's the closest thing to a sure thing. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, just 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 the way he approaches the game. You know, that's what's in his DNA. The way he goes about his business. The numbers he's put up. He he just for me. If you can't for whatever reason get the quarterback you want at number three, yeah. You could do a lot worse than than Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I know a lot of people up here are saying take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, yep. and then you hope or you you maneuver it so you can get Michael Penix Jr. somewhere toward the end of the first round and the start of the second round, and then you bring in a bridge guy, a veteran yep. free agent type, a Jacoby Brissett type. I've thrown his yep. name out there. Yeah. Uh, if Pen if you feel like Penix isn't ready, or you just push all the chips in the middle of the table and you go after Caleb Williams. Yeah. I mean, we can, you know, and again, I think it's, it's going to rely heavily on where does, what does Gerard Mayo want to do with mm -hmm. this football team? 
Right. You, know, you know, you know what's funny that, that all world. these years we can we we would sit here and say, well, Bill would never do that. Bill right. would Bill never make that move. And now right. we can't say that. You know, we don't right. know what what kind of approach the Patriots are going to take this time. Different era, man. And I think it's we don't know what Gerard wants to do. But again, I think that's kind of my where it goes back to like this is your team now. You got to run this the way that you want to do it, and not let anyone else tell you otherwise. Right? Like. Unless Robert is going to bring in a GM where he's like, hey, like this guy's here to help and he's not, this is not, doesn't make the final decision, but y'all have to get together and the decision's going to be between you two, the final one, like when we go to draft and free agency, like, great. But like, let's make sure that <laughs> those two guys are not just bumping heads the entire time. And we got some people in there that want to make the right decision for the team and, and where Gerard wants to go with it. So, well, I think Gerard's probably I, – I got a feeling that he's going to want some – see his offense stay on the field a little bit longer so his defense doesn't have to just, you know, hold teams to 15 points a game. Like, right? So I think he's going to want that. That's I mean, he's seen how – he played for Tom, and He knows this. Tom Brady was the reason why that offense was so good. We had great players, but he was the guy. And I think he saw how a Randy Moss comes into that offense and can be successful. I think he sees how having a, a number one receiver, you know, skill players, Gronkowski, guys like Julian, Dan, you know, I think he's he's seen it. He's been there. So I think he's going to want to bring in some good skill players to, to make this offense go a little bit, you know, and whoever he brings in at quarterback just to give him a little help. All right, a couple questions before we wrap up here. First of all, I saw the preview for the Dynasty, the Apple TV documentary on the Patriots, and I was struck by something that Danny Amendola said, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but he said that we worked for Bill, yeah, but we played for Tom. for Tom. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the truest thing. I, I mean, I believe that too. I mean, Bill was Bill was my boss, right? Bill was, and I will never ever. Bill Bill taught me about football, man. I mean, more than I I've learned more from that man than I could have ever hoped to imagine. And I'm forever grateful that he brought me onto that team in 2017 or 2016. But like when I got there, obviously it was very apparent that you know listen, this guy is our head coach and, and we are going to do exactly how he wants things done throughout you know, practice and, and tempo and, and game film and preparation and scheduling. But when it came down to playing on Sundays, you, you played for the guy that was out there, you know, touched the ball every single play. So you played for 12, right? Um, and I think, you know, there's there's been a bunch of guys that kind of have felt their their ways of, about how you know Bill didn't pay anybody, right? So he was never giving out the 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 big checks to some of these guys that put in a lot of time and, and put in a lot of a lot of hours, you know, like grinding for him and doing these things. So I know some guys feel a certain type of way about some of that stuff, right? But um I I think that Bill was is a phenomenal head coach, and I think that guys learned a lot from him and they respected the hell out of him because of how he prepared his team teams from literally up, you know, for any possible situation. And then I think 
that yeah, Tom Brady was a guy that everyone went there to play with, right? Guy's a goat. And if you wanted to play with the goat, you had to go to New England and deal with hey for Bill, right? Or being coached by Bill. And some guys could handle it, some guys couldn't. But the guys that could handle it, guess what? Guess what they got? Most of them. They got the hardware. Rings. Right? They went to Super Bowls. They went to AFC championship games. So like Beggars can't be choosers here, man. You know, it's like, yeah, you're going to get coached. Bill's going to coach the hell out of you, and he's going to expect a lot of you. You're going to be out there in pads in for 17 weeks every single Wednesday doing one-on-ones, blockings, uh, you know, and – but you get to play with the greatest quarterback ever when he was there, and then you have a chance to go to a Super Bowl, which doesn't happen in a lot of guys' careers, right? And I was fortunate to be on three of those teams and win two Super Bowls. And, um, you know, I, I believe what Danny says. I think he'd say the same thing, that he's got a lot of respect for Bill and how he coaches and prepares his teams. But, like, yeah, we went out there. We were playing for number 12 because he had some damn high expectations, too, of his team. Right? And you didn't want to piss that guy off either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to wrap up with one last question. How psyched were you to see your friend Dan Campbell? Win. We're we're recording this on Monday morning, but how how psyched were you to see Dan Campbell and the Lions do what they did Sunday night? I'm sitting here as I'm talking to you about it. I'm getting goosebumps. It was one of those yeah. really fun moments. Even if you don't have the background that you that you have necessarily with Dan Campbell, to be able to see what that game meant to the city of Detroit and to the Lions was just something else. It's it's so cool, man. I mean, I'm just so it just. You can see, right, when an organization believes in a guy, right, that has puts all their trust and all their faith and be like, listen, I know that you're going to get it there. I mean, Dan Campbell is such a, oh, I mean, the intensity, the emotion, man, you can just see it in his face. It's so effing raw, and he just cares so much about his team and his guys, and he's always believed in it. And he believed in Jared and he believed in his defense and he's brought in the type of, they obviously have bought into his mentality of we're biting ankles and not going out without a fight. And, you know, he's out here consuming a 900 milligrams of caffeine in the morning. And he's just got that for him to be able to do what he did last night. And his team to just continue to believe in in him and how he's going to coach and how he's going to do things. I mean, it's it's unreal. It's it was so cool, you know, because he was. I mean, he just cares so much, man, and you could just see it in his face. That you know, like when they lost to Dallas two weeks ago, and you know, you can just see in someone's face how like how much they they um emotionally physically mentally like how they how much they put into this game i mean i mean god man it looked like someone had just ripped his heart out because they lost the way that they lost and then to see him go out last night you know and win the way that they won i mean in detroit i mean they haven't been to the playoffs since when like 30 years 30 years yeah i mean ah man it was awesome i'm so happy for him and i i don't it does not matter where they go from here. I mean, I think that he's kind of – he has established himself. You know, this team believes in him. I think they believe in 
they believe in themselves and that's that's underrated you know for for a team to have that sort of belief in each other and and your coach and, and what how he does things i mean that's that's huge you know you're you're creating he's created that culture over there right and i think people are gonna guys are might might want to go start playing for dan campbell because he's such a psycho right because <laughs> <laughs> he cares so damn much and he they want to play for something like that right like and that's not an act too when we've discussed dan no, about no, on, the, that's, on this that's him. podcast before that's him yeah. that's oh, legit yeah. that that that's really him he and and he has not changed for anybody and i think that's how how true how true he is to himself and how he wants to coach thing uh, how he coached his way right and he made it work you know, and I, I think, you know, what's talking uh, going back to Gerard, like he coach your way, man. Right. Like this is your team now. Dan Campbell went into a situation where it wasn't great, but he coached his way. He didn't change for anybody. And he he made it work. And it probably took a little bit of you know, a couple extra coffees for him and, and you know, a couple extra meetings to like get these guys to understand like this is me, right? I'm 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 totally out there i'm totally nuts but this is my energy it's never going to change and I, it's going to be contagious for all these guys and uh, it, it it paid off man like so much these guys he's got that team playing hard i love it i yeah, love it awesome. i love it well well we're, we're going to have more to talk about next week uh we're going to get introduced to gerard mayo as the new head coach maybe there's going to be some gm news and we will get closer anyway to the start of the off season, the real off season, the, the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, the combine, all that good stuff. So we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to the Patriots moving forward. Take care, Chris. And we will talk again next week. Uh, thanks, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder. This episode of the Patriots report has been brought to you by bet online with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing. Bet online has you covered with all of the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.